The title of today's message is Receiving the Favor of God. Psalms 90, chapter 17. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says, let the favor of the Lord, say favor of the Lord. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the works of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Now, anytime the Bible repeats something, then it's obvious the Bible is trying to make a point and make it clear cut. So there's no way we can stumble across it. There's no way we can misinterpret or misunderstand it. The favor of God is to help us to establish the work or what we're producing in this earth realm. Would everyone say amen to that? So with that, everything we set our hands to will also prosper. That means they will produce. They will become fruitful. How do they produce and how do they become fruitful? The favor of the Lord. So it's important. We hear these terms, oh, it's just favor. It's the favor of the Lord. But do you really understand the term? Are you really receiving it in your life to the point that it can produce from the works of your hands to such a place that everything, not something, everything you set your hand to will prosper? Let me just take a poll here. Uh, just looking across the conversation, congregation, how many of you would say that I'm saved? I'm talking about Jesus saved. You know if you died tomorrow, you're going to wake up in heaven and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. How many of those do we have in here today? See, if you're sure, you know that hand goes right up. You can put those hands down. Let me ask you a question. Since you've been saved, have you noticed that there's a difference in the way people are attracted to you now? than the way they were before? Uh, I think I'd rather say it this way. The right kind of people are now attracted to you. See, before, there, 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 there's four kind of people in this world. There are people that divide and subtract and add and multiply. Have you noticed that since you have been saved, since you've made that commitment, and the favor of God is now on your life, how many of you would dare say that those people that used to subtract and divide have got a whole lot less, and the people that add and multiply have become plentiful in your life? You see, that's called the favor of God. I'm telling you, favor works in ways that you can't even comprehend in your mind. God will put people in your path that you never dreamed that you would ever even have association with, let alone build friendships and relationships and do ministry with. I'll use myself. I mean, I'm just a guy who was, was born and raised in a small town called Lockhart. You didn't hear about it because up until about 20 years ago, it wasn't even on the map. It was part of the city proper of Orlando. So, I, you know, I'm really from Orlando city proper. But I was from a little town, wasn't even on the map, come from nothing. Went to school, was working a little practice in neighboring town over here in Enterprise. Just doing what I do. Helping people. Trying to serve people in ministry. Working with youth. Evangelizing on the weekends. Working all week. Serving people. 
anything we could do to serve the Lord. Not looking for anything in return, just serving God. Out of that servanthood, God began to put people in our paths. People that had influence. People that had reach. So your one voice that becomes local to your Judea began to reach the Samaria. And then the, from the Samaria, it began to expand into the uttermost parts of the world to the point where different ministries would, I would be engaged with would know ministries that I would be engaged with to now. And please, when I'm saying this, I'm not saying this in a braggadocious way. That's not what this is for. This is the testimony of God's favor. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for anyone. But you have to understand how to receive it. And you have to know when favor is speaking into your life. And so from the favor, I can say now that the largest ministry in the world, I've become like a family member to that ministry. That can only be from one thing, the favor of God. So with that said... Where are you now? What is God put in your dreams and your aspirations? What is God speaking to your heart about reaching people in this last day? Because favor isn't about, listen to me, getting recognition. The favor isn't for you. Favor is because the more favor you have with people that have influence, the more people are attracted to you. And when they get to you, they don't need to know about you. <laughs> when they get to you, they need to hear about Jesus. And if you'll continue to share Jesus and lift him up, the Bible says, I did, and if Christ is lifted up, he'll what? Draw men. There's the attraction. So favor attracts people to you so you can lift up the name of Jesus. And as your audience expands, it gives you a louder voice. When you have a louder voice, more people can hear. When more people can hear, more impact can be made. Can somebody say amen? Say it's called favor. Psalms 5.12. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him, listen to me, cover him with favor like with a shield. Favor. God takes his favor and covers you with it like a shield. Okay, let's talk about this. Have you ever noticed how much preserved and how much more protected you are? Especially when other, other people are suffering around you. Let me tell you a little about favor. We used to live in a subdivision, had a lot of trees. We lived on a lake. And a hurricane was coming. We were having our house redone. The whole back side of our house had windows from the floor all the way up and all the way across to capture the lake view. And we had scaffolding outside with paint cans, most of them like half empty, quarter empty, and they were just stacked on that scaffolding, spread out. We were out of town, and a hurricane blew in here. 
Now we just, you could imagine in our minds, we could see in our minds those paint cans like little bullets shooting through the windows into the back of our subdivision, right? Going right into our windows, into our house when that wind was blowing through our subdivision. We knew we had trees. We could just only imagine what the trees were going to crush and do the damage. But we believed in God, and we said we received God's favor because if we were out not playing, not good fun, we were out doing the Lord's work. And we, there were a couple hundred people saved that weekend. Now, when we got back, it was hard to get back to the neighborhood. They had get chainsaws because there were so many trees down. Trees were on houses. People's stuff was crushed. There were trees on cars. I've never seen such a mess. I kid you not, we got to our house. I was holding my breath. We pulled in the driveway. We had one branch hanging down on the left-hand side of our driveway, clear over to the other side. All of the paint cans, even the paintbrushes, never moved. Favor isn't fair. But you have to understand how to receive God's favor, and God's favor is upon your life. Let me, can I give you one more? When my son was in the hospital, we, it, it was such a long road, road and such a journey. He was supposed, he was born with a rare heart disease. He had to have two open heart surgeries. And he was at UAB. Every night, we would have to leave the hospital. We'd come back the next morning, and one of the babies on either side of him had transitioned to heaven. It was every day. One would go, and then the then they'd replace it. Then this one would go. And this would go. We never missed a church service. We had a revival. We never missed revival. And we were still up there with our son. We stayed faithful to everything we believed and knew as truth. We held to the word. We held to our confession. We didn't listen to the doctors who were telling us that he probably wasn't going to make it and all that. We held fast. Is anyone listening to me? Because you better listen because some of you are going through some things right now. And the way the world's looking, you may be going through some things here pretty soon. So you better be paying attention. I'm trying to prepare you for what's coming. It's easy to talk about this when you're sitting there and you're comfortable. But when it's you and it's your son on the line or you're feeling the pressure and it's up again. And faith has to work through you. That's when you're going to be glad you paid attention now. But nigh came thy dwelling. As you can see, my son is healthy. Why? Because favor isn't fair. But it is final. And I like to say favor is fixed. When you go into a fight, you know it's fixed. And you're going to win. You don't care. So favor is fixed in your favor. Do you understand? Favor is fixed in your favor. <laughs> Ephesians 2.8 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift from God. Simply put, grace is favor. It's God's unmerited favor. It's let me say it this way. It's God's favor 
gives us the power to change the things in our life. First and foremost, first, you and I are saved by his favor. That's it. The only reason you're even saved is because of God's favor. And I'm not just talking about going to heaven when you die. When you see saved, that word means delivered, protected, preserved, healed and made whole. All of that, that's favor. And most people, they think, well, I, I can't wait till I get to heaven because when I get up there, I'll get the fullness of God's favor. You know, you don't have to wait. No, no. God's pouring out his favor right now, right here, today, right now. He's pouring it on us right here. Even before you were born again, do you know God poured his favor on you? He was giving you favor when you didn't even know it. The Bible says while you were still, Romans 5 and 8, while we were still rebelling against him, God showed his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God's had his favor on his, your life, and he's ready to increase the favor on your life, but he's waiting for you to take the favor of your life that he's putting on it and begin using it for the kingdom. Because I just wish I could increase God's favor on your life. What are you doing for the kingdom? Are you serving? Are you going out? Are you reaching some? Are you reaching one? Are you teaching one? Are you repeating? I don't know. Sometimes I think we're just slow to receive it. We just can't receive God's favor. You know why? Because we don't understand it. Let me say it this way. We think we're waiting on him, and it's actually him. He's waiting on us. God's already done everything it takes for all of us to be cared for. He's provided every blessing. He's provided health. Say it. Health, prosperity, peace of mind, joy, deliverance from sin, and everything that pertains to a good life. Now, do you believe that? Well, if you don't, then let me reinforce it with Scripture. Second Peter 1, 3. I'll read from the NIV. His divine power has given us everything we need. Everything we need. He's given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. It's not based on your goodness. It's based on His goodness because He's a good God. Then he tops it all off, and at the very end, when we leave, we get to go to heaven. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, that's a pretty sweet deal. And all we have to do is understand it, accept it, and receive it. Say that. Say, I have to understand it. Say, I have to accept it. And then I have to be ready to receive it. Luke 2, verse 1. I'll read from the NIV. Jesus entered Jericho while passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see Jesus because he was short. He could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming this way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this, and began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now. 
I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man, listen to this, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Say it. Seek and save the lost. One more time. Seek and save the lost. So there's three things I need to point out here. Number one, he showed favor to a sinner. No, favor isn't fair. But I've been in church my whole life. Why would he? Favor isn't fair. Favor is for everyone. It's God's grace. It's not based on what you've done. It's based on what God is doing. He wasn't influenced by Zacchaeus' past actions. Instead, he was moved by his faith to receive him. It's all about the faith that you have in Christ. It's all about the faith in what you're doing, in believing, in the way you're conducting your life. Some people, listen, there's a lot of people out there that don't think they're worthy of the favor of God. Can I tell you something? We've all got a past. There's not one person in here that doesn't got some skeletons in their closet. Some, some's got a whole graveyard. I might be one of them. But God is way more concerned about your future than he is your past. He can heal your past just like that. One prayer. But he does want to prove to you that he has far more to offer than anything this world can ever give you. Second thing I want to point out. When favor, or when I should say when the favor of God moves on your life, it kind of promotes a spirit of generosity. Has anybody ever noticed that? See, Jesus never condemned Zacchaeus for not paying his tithe. But instead, Zacchaeus himself, he offered to do it. Why? Because of the favor that Jesus showed him. Jesus showed him favor, and he showed him love, and that spirit of generosity broke out on its own. He didn't have to be lashed and beat and told how bad he was and he's going to hell because you haven't paid. No, none of that. When you're in the presence of God's overwhelming love and God does an act of kindness for you, it makes you want to reciprocate it. If God does something good for you, you can't help but want to do it back for someone else. When someone else does something good for you, it makes you want to help someone else. It's a law of reciprocity. You have to have it. It's God put it in there. He built it inside of you. A spirit of blessing just comes on you. So you want to turn and give that blessing to someone else. It's in our lineage. Do you understand? In our lineage, Abraham says, you are blessed to be a blessing. That's how we got to Christ to begin with. Through the same gift of grace, through the same favor, came a blessing in your life. Salvation is a blessing in your life. All of the things it represents, the healing, the restoration, everything, it's a blessing in your life. So you get to start right out of the gate blessed. How many people put your hand up? Put your hand up at the beginning when you said you're saved. You've already been given to. You already are blessed. So now you are blessed to be a blessing. Go bless somebody. Go find somebody. The favor of God wasn't just to build you up so you could feel better and tell everybody about it. No, now you need to go out and you need to reciprocate that with somebody else. 
Go out there and take that favor and show God's favor. Talk about God's favor so other people can experience it as well. Whether they're in sin or out of sin, they can still experience God's favor. If they're in sin and they experience God's favor, they're going to, give self, they're going to pray that prayer of salvation with you. Just like Zacchaeus wanted to pay his tithe. Can you see this? Say it. Say, I am blessed to be a blessing. Now, the third one kind of defines our mission statement. It says, Jesus defines his mission in the earth. Why? He says, seek and save the lost. Did we not just read that? So God's favor is given to seek and save the lost. I don't know. I'll say it another way. Maybe you've heard it around here before. Each one. Reach one. Teach one. Repeat. That's seek and save the lost. Do you understand that? God's favor is what allows us to have the audience that he provides for us. That's what favor does. It pulls people to us to have an audience. Listen to me. God's favor may produce it, but the reason for it is not just so you can have an abundant lifestyle. And you may, but it's not God's intent for this unless you spread it around it's not so you can accumulate a bunch of wealth and impress your friends. Divine favor is given so you can be a blessing to others and promote the work of the ministry. Let me, let me, let me step away from here for just a second. Because there's so many times we have opportunity to be a blessing to someone. I'm going to throw a scenario out there. We're always, when God does something good for us, we want it big. Man, God, just blow me right out of the stratosphere. Hit me. Hit me. Give me all you got. Open up the windows of heaven. I, I, I want the whole window to open up and pour out on me. Anybody ever pray prayers like that? But then you will have people with needs around you. And you won't take care of the need. You'll tip the need. God might have just blessed you with $10,000 this week. And somebody will come up to you, and just to be able to get through their week, they need 100 So you give them 100 and you walk around all swollen up like Barney Five because you've done something. <laughs> My God, bless God, I'm feeding the poor. Look at me. Why don't you drop a couple thousand on them? Why don't you feed them for a few months? Why don't you make an impact in their life? Why don't you make a dramatic change in their life? If you want to bless somebody, don't tip them. Do something that's going to move them. Do something that's going to rock them and say, wow, all this I've been doing for God is worth. Look at this. Why God rocks somebody. When God blesses you, he adds no sorrow to it. He will rock your world. I've been rocked by the presence of God. I've been rocked by the power of God. I've been rocked by the anointing of God. I've been changed by the anointing of God. I know the difference. How many people know the difference? And when that spirit of blessing comes on you, you don't restrain it. You have to release it because why do you think you have it? You think, oh, you have all that stored up? 
Now, for some, it's money. For some people, it's time. You got all kind of time. You could be helping everybody. You ain't helping nobody, but you could be helping everybody. You could be down serving, doing things, helping, reaching out. You need hands. You need legs. You need people working. You may have a talent that someone needs. You may be able to change someone. Do you have any idea? When I was in practice, I gave somewhere between fifty dollars to $100,000 worth of care. My, my Beth's in here. She does my billing. I gave that away each year to people that I know didn't have it. If you had it, you had to pay. But if you didn't have it, I wasn't going to deny you care. Rock somebody's world. I have went through accounts and people, I, I'm not telling you again so you can look at me. I'm trying to give you examples. I remember going through accounts. I've seen $10,000, $15,000 accounts owed to me, and I knew the family was in hardship. I'd say, Beth, go make a phone call and tell them their bill has been, been, been washed. You want to rock somebody's world, they'll start breaking down on the phone. Other side, You could tell them about Jesus or anything. They'll hear anything you have to say right there. Why? Because you just changed them overwhelming presence of God. There's a gift of prosperity that's supposed to come out. It wasn't just for you. It was for you to spread around, but people begin to hoard it and keep it for themselves. It's for the work of the ministry. Somebody say amen. If you look at the way God designed us, look how he designed the temple. You have the outer court. The outer court is where all the people are. You have the inner court where you have the candelabra, the showbread, the priesthood. You have the Word of God and the light of His Word. What's that? That's, that's the deepest part, the Holy of Holies. And that's where the presence of God Himself would dwell. We saw this in the tabernacle in the wilderness. We saw the same type and shadow when he built the temple. We see the same, watch this, because before you're ever going to see this, you've got to pull stuff from the Old Testament, and you've got to pull it through the cross to see what it looks like on the other side. Because then, if you can ever get a picture, if you can get an understanding of how the tabernacle and the temple were set up and pull it through the cross, then you can understand who we are, what we are, and how we are con to conduct ourselves with others. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says it in the form of a question. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. We, say we, are the temple of God. We have the outer, the flesh. That's where the people are. That's where we deal with the people. We have the inner man, which, if you will, that is equivalent in the temple to the inner court, the inner man. And that is your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotion. We call it the soul. And just, just like the light of the word is what manages the people in the temple, the light of the word in your soul and the understanding of that is what manages the flesh to manage the people. It's how we're designed. And then finally, you have the Holy of Holies. That's where the Spirit of God dwells in you. 
in you. It's no longer in a tabernacle. It's no longer in a temple. It is in your temple. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit of God now works through you, through your soul to help manage your flesh so you can manage people. Can you see? Can you see the type and shadow here? So I'm going to make a statement, and I want you to hear it. It's a, I'm going to call it a Hananism because it's not in the Bible, but it is something that God gave me. You can't prosper past the condition of your soul. I'm going to say it one more time. You can't prosper past the condition of your soul. Oh, I know I'm not out here shouting you. I'm not out here making you feel good. I'm out here encouraging you. I'm out here building foundation because hard times are coming, and I hope you're ready. And you have to know how to stand. You have to understand where the favor of God is, but you can't do that till you know who you are. You can't know what, how you're organized, how God made you. Then the favor of God will work through that structure, and you'll be able to change the things around you when everything else is chaos, you'll be speaking order. When everybody else is running crazy, you will have peace in your mind and contentment. When everyone else doesn't understand, you'll have full knowledge and understanding and wisdom of everything. Say, I'm listening, Bishop. 3 John 1 and 2, the brand standard. It says, Beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy good health as your soul also prospers. The soul is your manager that guides and directs your actions. So fill it with the Word of God so He can light your path. That's what brings the favor of God to your life is when you're doing. Let me ask you something. If I come up to you and I make you a request and I really need you to do something for me, what do I say? Will you do me a favor? Don't we ask that? Hey, hey would you mind doing me a favor? Hey, I got a favor I need to ask. Well, God has asked us a favor. It's called the Great Commission. And until you are willing to understand the favor that God has asked us, you'll never understand the favor that comes back from God. Because when you're out there doing the work of an evangelist, when you're out there reaching and teaching, and you're doing His work, supernatural favor is returned to your life. If you want to see the fullness of God's favor, then do the fullness of God's work and calling. Nobody likes to hear this. Because we don't want to commit 100%. I mean, we do in our minds. But it's a lot harder to do it in your life. <laughs> Easy to do in your mind. Easy to do with your mouth. Very hard to do with your life. But I'm just trying to tell you from past experience that the favor is God of God is the only thing that has the power to transform you and to change you and to make your latter greater than your former.
sometimes we have to do a personal inventory. We just have to evaluate and say, where are we with God? Are we continually blessing others? Are we promoting the work of the ministry? Listen to this one. Is our soul lined up with this spirit so we can properly manage the flesh? Favor God's for everyone. Let me say this. Grace is not determined by our works. It's a gift. However, reward is based on our works. If you work for God, there is a reward. And there is increased favor that comes from that. Doesn't mean you don't have the favor of God. But when you're working for the Lord, there is a due season. You cannot continue to sow for the Lord and not expect a due season. That is the favor of the Lord working for you. Are you sowing your time, your treasure, your talent? It's time for personal inventory here. That's why it gets so quiet. You have to look into your soul. Because the soul manages the flesh. Now you have to get into your wisdom base. You have to think this through, see? Because when the Word gets in, now you're faced and confronted with truth. And truth automatically kicks out false teaching. Whether you like it or not, and now you have to deal with it. So now you either accept it or you reject it. I said the reason why we don't get the favor of God is we don't know how to receive it. Well, you have to receive his word in the places that need to get the things kicked out, the bad thinking and teaching and wrongdoing. You got to get the word in so you can receive it. So now you can accept the favor of God. I'm not going too deep, am I? Just don't ever confuse those two topics between grace and reward. Everybody in this building gets God's grace. Everybody. But I don't know about you, but I'm reward-driven. How about you? We got to have some reward-driven people here. Why do you go to work? Why do you want a promotion? Come on, somebody. Why do you compete in sports and athletics? You want reward. There's nothing wrong with that. There's reward in kingdom. It's a promise. You got to let God's word transform you. But you got to let God's favor change your life. Now, in closing, I think it's important that we sow this into our lives. So, this is how we're going out. We're going to confess his word over our lives. So, I want you to say this after me. And I want you to say it boldly, like you understand it. I want you to say it boldly like you receive it. I want you to say it boldly like you accept it as a part of you and that you believe it. Say, God cares for me. He is my rock. He is my shield. He is my deliverer. He is my sure foundation. He is my very present help. In time of trouble, if God be for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible to me because I believe. Everything is working together for good because I love him and am called according to his purpose. I have the favor of God upon my life. Therefore, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises itself against me in judgment shall be condemned. And all of my needs will be met according to his riches in glory. I am blessed and will be a blessing because I have the favor of God in my life. Yes, I now receive and have full understanding of the favor of God upon my life. Can you give God a shout of praise if you believe what you heard, if you receive what you've heard, and you accept what you've heard? I need you to notify heaven right now. Can you give God a great big shout of praise? The very fact that you looked in the mirror and that mirror looked back at you today is living proof that you have the favor of God on your life. How far do you want to press the favor? How far do you want to move into it? How much do you want to see God's favor work in your life? That is the part that depends on you. Now, I just got through teaching that salvation is a gift. It's a gift of grace, and grace is favor. It's this unmerited favor. So you may be here today, and maybe you never have had the opportunity, or maybe you have never taken the opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. What does that mean? That means that you set him on the throne of your life. You're putting right there in the inner court, inside that heart, and you say, he's the one who's going to manage my flesh now. He's the one who's going to renew my spirit in me and give me a brand new name. So my past is in the past. And my future is in him. If you've never gotten the opportunity to do that, then you can never appreciate the favor of God on your life to its fullness. But I want to give you an opportunity right now because this world's changing so fast, we don't even have a guarantee from minute to minute. At any moment, you could be taken off this planet. And if you don't, we don't want to see you in hell. If you don't receive Jesus, you're going to hell. That's just how it works. I, I, I'm not trying to be crass. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, put it in your face. But I'd rather tell you the truth. One simple prayer out of Romans 10 and 9. One simple prayer. And you have to believe it in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. And he does what he says he does. And if you believe that, the Bible says you'll be saved, healed, restored in every area of your life. Who would pass up such a deal? And you would never have to worry about hell again in your life. 
because you'll have an eternal home in heaven. So I need everybody to bow your head right now. No one looking around, please. Saints in an attitude of prayer. But with no one looking around, just real quick, if that's you and you'd say, that's me, Pastor. I, 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 I want to receive Jesus today. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. I'm just going to pray a little prayer at the end. I just want to know who I'm, who I'm praying for. So if that's you, no one looking around, just, just, just lift your hand up and let me see it. Say, I, I, I want to give my life to the Lord today, Pastor. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? You're, you're not saying I want to join a church or anything. You're just saying, I just want to give my life to the Lord today. I'm looking up everywhere. Is there anyone else? Everyone, please keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and you'd say, well, you know, Pastor, I've been saved, but, you know, I'm just, I'm backslid. I'm just not living like I should. I know I need to come back to the Lord. I know I got to get some stuff right. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. You're not here by accident. God's trying to call you out. So if that's you today and you just want to return to his loving kindness, you want to restore him in your heart right now today with no one looking around, just lift your hand. Again, nobody's going to embarrass you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank, thank you for those hands. Hands all over the building. Thank you. You can put those hands down. Now open your eyes. God has done an amazing thing here today. He's reached out, and there will be people that will escape hell and transition to heaven now. There are some that are coming back to the Lord that are being renewed in their faith. I celebrate that with you in advance, even before we pray the prayer. Hands all over the house. This is the time. This is the time to get your heart right with God. This is the time to make things right because of the times we're living in. So I want to do exactly what I said I'd do. I'm going to pray for you and with you. So I'm going to lead you in a salvation prayer. It's not important that you hear me or the people around you praying it. It's important that you understand and hear yourself making this prayer. Because at the minute we finish and you say amen, it's finished, it's done, and it's settled. Okay? And all of heaven, the Bible says, stops and rejoices when one comes to heaven. Can you imagine that? At that moment, Jesus gets up and walks over and writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. All of heaven is watching you right now. So let's all bow our head, repeat after me as we pray. Say, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I ask you to come into my heart. Fill me. Cleanse me. Make me everywhere whole. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe God raised you from the dead. Therefore... I am a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I am a child of God. Heaven is my home. And you are now my Lord. I believe it. And now confess it. And that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, everybody. Let's rejoice as all of heaven right now is celebrating. I pray that you'll take what you've heard today and I pray that you'll apply it into your life. Just remember, God's looking for a reason to bless you. He's looking for reasons to bring favor to your life. So why don't you help him find those reasons? One more time, let's just give heaven an applause right now. God bless you.